0: Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, January 10th, and this is your FT News Briefing. US Congress approves a measure to limit Donald Trump's ability to take military action against Iran. Western intelligence officials believe Iran mistakenly shot down a plane that crashed and killed 176 people, and the UK is getting ready to unveil a new sanctions regime. Plus, the FT's Patrick McGee reports on what he found at this year's Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. On Thursday, the U.S. House of Representatives took the first step towards curbing the president's war powers. The resolution passed the democratically controlled House almost entirely along party lines. Nearly all Democrats voted for it, and nearly all Republicans voted against it. The measure looks to stop President Trump from taking further military action in Iran without getting approval from Congress. A similar measure has been introduced in the Republican-led Senate, but it's unlikely to pass. Still, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi insisted the House resolution had, quote, real teeth. After the vote, the White House said the resolution, quote, "...tries to undermine the ability of the U.S. armed forces to prevent terrorist activity by Iran and its proxies." And the White House said the resolution attempts to hinder the president's authority to protect America. Mr. Trump's decision to kill Iranian General Qasem Soleimani has come under sharp criticism from both parties over the past week. One Republican senator lashed out at the Trump administration over its lack of transparency about the intelligence that led to the Soleimani assassination. In retaliation, Iran launched more than a dozen missiles at two U.S. bases in Iraq. Just hours after Iran's missile attack on American forces, a passenger flight that took off from Tehran crashed. At the time, it was unclear what caused the downing of the Ukraine-bound Boeing 737-800 on Wednesday that killed 176 people. But on Thursday, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said Iran might have caused the crash. There were 63 Canadians on board. We have intelligence from multiple sources, including our allies and our own intelligence. The evidence indicates that the plane was shot down by an Iranian surface-to-air missile. Mr. Trudeau added that this might have been unintentional. A person close to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said both the U.S. and Ukraine suspected a bomb or a missile brought down the plane. Iran has denied the plane was hit by a missile, An advisor to Iranian President Hassan Rouhani called the allegations, quote, U.S. psychological warfare. And citizens from Russia, Libya, and North Korea could all face sanctions in the U.K. after Brexit. On Thursday, U.K. Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab met with his Canadian counterpart in Montreal. He wants Britain to be part of a new Western coalition that would punish those accused of murder, torture, and other types of inhumane treatment. Mr. Robb says it will be easier for the UK to tackle human rights abuses once it leaves the EU. He wants to work with countries such as Canada and the US who already have tough sanctions regimes. The sanctions are meant to show that Britain will be a global leader after Brexit and quash fears that the country might prioritize an aggressive trade policy that disregards human rights. Mr. Robb is a former human rights lawyer, and he's expected to introduce the sanctions regime next month. It would be followed by a specific list of people whose assets in the U.K. will be frozen. This could include citizens of Saudi Arabia who were implicated in the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. And here's a story you should know more about. An estimated 180,000 people descended on Las Vegas this week to attend the 2020 Consumer Electronics Show, CES for short. But the next big thing, the breakthrough idea that'll change your life, like the original smartphone, wasn't immediately apparent. The FT's Patrick McGee was at CES this year. He walks me through everything from the crazy to the practical ideas coming out of Las Vegas.
1: Sometimes something completely steals the show. That definitely didn't happen this year. But thematically, I mean, CES has really become an automotive show on par with some of the biggest in the world, but with a, an emphasis really on all the self driving technology, the passenger economy, just really all the electronics. You know, perhaps the two most outlandish things I saw in the automotive space were that Mercedes Benz parent Daimler has this new CEO, and they very much said, You know, what's next? What's next? And their idea, which is just really, really, really out there, is they teamed up with James Cameron and built a car based on the 2009 film Avatar, (laughs) uh, you know, complete with scales on the back, sort of looking like a lizard. And they called it a quote unquote living organism. And you had Mr. Cameron come out and talk about, quote, a spiritual idea made manifest. I mean, it really doesn't get more CES than that.
0: You do mention that there were some outlandish ideas. Toyota mentioned that they're building a smart city outside of Mount Fuji. But then there were some more realistic ideas like um, Alexa in the car. And, you know, that was one of the biggest themes that we saw was voice activation, smart homes, things like that. How did that play out in the show?
1: There's definitely a sense that this was more about the ecosystem. Google and Amazon had sort of Highfalutin events taking place, but really no major products on display. It was more uh, how many products are being connected to Alexa, to Google Assistant, and so forth. But in the voice activation space, I think the major, major trend that I spotted, and this was really one of the keynote presentations from Samsung, was they had something called the Bali. And I have to say, I was really skeptical. I thought this was a weird, sort of bizarre thing. It looks like maybe a tennis ball or a grapefruit. It's got a camera. It was only after sort of further reflection and getting to see a demo up close that I sort of understood the significance of it and how I would characterize that as right now, if you've got Siri, Alexa or or Google Assistant, they're really passive, right? You have a voice command and it responds to you. What Samsung was trying to show is that at the dawn of this new decade those devices are going to become predictive. They're going to understand your emotion, your mood. They're going to respond to activities. They're going to take care of things that happen in the home while you're not even there. The example that they showed was you know, a dog at home sort of knocks over a bowl of candy or cereal or something onto the floor, and Bali recognizes it, and he sort of orchestrates the smart vacuum cleaner, you know, Samsung's version of a Roomba, to go over and clean it up. So you would come home none the wiser that this even took place, right, unless you sort of went through the archive of what it did. I thought that was a realistic and actually really good example of probably what will happen this decade.
0: Patrick, I have to say that's pretty incredible, but it it makes me wonder, is CES about anything other than the big flashy products?
1: Because me and every other journalist is going to emphasize just all the crazy things that are happening, you do get this skewed picture that there's nothing practical going on. And yet, if you're an executive, it's really worth your time to be there because you're probably going to meet more people in three or four days than you would in three or four months traveling the globe. And so, it's just worth knowing that there are a lot of practical meetings, you know, budding partnerships and so forth that take place here. One example that I didn't get to write about, actually, is I was able to meet the CEO of Huami, a Chinese company best known for making the, the Mi Band by Xiaomi. So this is like, think of something like Fitbit or Jawbone, but at a price point going down to as little as $15. And he's been there six years in a row. So he's someone that went, didn't have a company at the time went to CES in 2013, was inspired by what he saw, went back to China, thought I could do this better and basically undercut everybody in the competition on price, quality also quite good. And this is a company that's come back every year since. And their new plan is to expand into the healthcare space further, building their own treadmill. And if you think of, you know, health in the home, on-demand fitness in the home, that's a really big market. And here's this Chinese company probably making waves in the next few months doing it.
0: You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be keeping an eye on the December U.S. jobs report. Hiring is expected to have cooled following an unexpectedly strong reading in November. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. We also had help from Gavin Coleman and Michael Bruning.
1: Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with Good Credit, from a local business to a global corporation.